Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Bolder. Uh, once again, I am joined by another Lindsay, a much more fabulous Lindsay than I, Lindsay Amico. And uh, if you missed it, she was on with us last season also. But we wanted to bring her back again this season uh, because her nuggets of wisdom were so extreme that I didn't feel like we could fit them into one 40-minute podcast. So she's back here to join us. And so, Lindsay, for those who were remiss in listening to the episode last, why don't you tell us about you and then we'll get into it. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for having me again. So I founded a business, um, Picture Perfect Mind. Uh, it was actually about four years ago, but I went into it full time about three and a half years ago. I am a mindset coach and I go into organizations and help folks with stress reduction, mindfulness, productivity, overall health and well-being, because as we all know, in our society, it's so fast paced. We're filled with these stories and these shoulds and how things should go and what I should do and, and what college should I go to and all of these things that it's really kind of redefining how to live an authentic life. So I help folks to sort through a lot of that and really get into what's right for them. Um, I also, of course, work with folks one-on-one, -on -one, and then I have a side component to the business as well that is a bit more spiritual, a bit more focused on the body and energy and card pulls and all of that fun stuff. So it's this spectrum of professional into more of the woo. So kind of dabble in it all. Okay. I love it. And side note, I feel like I have to say like, you are just glowing in this thing. And I'm like the dark spirit coming to join us. <laughs> Outfit. Um, okay. So you're glowing and I am. Oh my glowing. gosh. Stop. <laughs> no, I love it. It's like, you're just like lifting off the page. So if you um, are, can't see this because you're listening to this podcast, log into the, the YouTube link and take a look because uh, she looks fab. Um, so, okay, let's get into this because this season we're really talking about four pillars that we think about and how those impact our abilities to run our day-to-day -day lives and our businesses as best as we can. And those things are physical health, mm -hmm. financial health, mental health, and spiritual health, whatever that means to someone. And so some of the things I want to talk about were exactly what your business arms do. You know, when you're talking to, let's start with an organization, and you're noticing that maybe the overall mental health of the organization may feel off. What questions do you ask those people? And what is some of the first advice that you tell them after you figure out that they are in fact off? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and this is such a complex question as well, which is why I'm also learning a bit more about organizational development and things, because right now I really have designed the business to be, you know, uh, not a one size fits all, but more of like, I'll go into the organization and ask, what do you want? Do you want a one-time lunch and learn? Do you want coaching sessions with that? Do we want a series? But to some degree, I can only have so much of an impact because as we know, there's all these different layers, there's leadership, there's HR, there's various processes, there's reacting to our external world. So there, there's a lot going on, but when I really zero it down and I, I want to create a presentation and address some of the pain points that people are going through, a lot of it 
boils down to, okay, how are we feeling on a day-to-day basis and how do we want to feel? And there's a gap between those two things. So let's break down some of the internal things, some of the thoughts that are invoking the feelings. Let's talk about your external environment and kind of do a bit of an audit. What's going on in my life? What do I love? What would I love to change? Um, What do I love about my job? What do I love about home life? And all of this, because if we don't do an audit from a place of compassion and love, which really needs to be emphasized, because let's face it, sometimes when we do an audit and we go through things, we're like, oh, I haven't really been doing that very well, right? So it's more about let's just take an assessment, see how things are going and how we would like them to go. Because without that awareness, nothing can change because we're just surviving and we're in the day to day. So the first step is really to slow down for a second and try to start to pinpoint some of the things that might be affecting this. And it's certainly not about trying to find all the solutions. It's just more about like, okay, where am I right now? So I love that. And so (laughs) once you figure out kind of where people are, (laughs) And you figure out, okay, uh, we've got some things that we've got to solve for. And every situation is going to be different, right? Like not, this isn't a cookie cutter approach, but when you tell them, hey, maybe, first of all, maybe they're forward thinking enough to say, oh, we've got to hire someone to take a look at this. But do you have to then have a conversation with them as to why the overall mental health of an organization, for example, is acutely important? And what do you tell them? I think the really good news is that this is becoming so much more knowledgeable and prominent in the HR field. Like in my experience, a lot of the leaders that are willing to bring me on are already knowledgeable about these things because they recognize that there's been high turnover rates or their staff just have been struggling. The pandemic emphasized all of this. So the good news is I have that advantage because let's face it, to start a conversation with someone that's not really open to any of this, they might not even be bringing me on in the first place because they don't necessarily have the self-awareness to say this also, of course, is on the individual's responsibility. We all have individual responsibility for our lives, but also how can we make our environment better for people? Are we having compassion and empathy for where people are at and helping to meet them at least part of the way? so that they can work the best for themselves and the organization. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not as well-versed in HR as other professionals, but, you know, it's like, we can't necessarily work on an individual basis unless we have a smaller organization. But what are some of the broader themes that we're seeing that maybe we can start to address at the core instead of, oh, well, let's just do a stress reduction webinar and hope that they get something out of it and then just hope magically that that everything's going to be better. We know that some of the people that are on that webinar are going to be greatly impacted because they're willing to take 
some of the five minute steps that I share, mm -hmm. but also there's a lot of people that are really frustrated on that webinar. There's a lot of people that are shut down in a lot of ways because they've been struggling for so long that they're like, well, I don't want to even try deep breathing. I don't want to try meditation I because I've been struggling for so long. Mm -hmm. So it's this kind of really complex issue that requires a lot of open-mindedness and I think self-awareness from leadership to say, we're willing to change some things to help our employees out. What are those specific things? I love that. Um, and so let's shift it a little bit then to the individual side of it, because like you said, it's kind of on the individuals a lot of times to actually make the changes. So let's talk for a second about the mind-body connection. <laughs> and uh, so uh, what the mind thinks, the body feels and hears, right? So when you're talking to people and you're talking about their overall mental health and how it connects to their um, physical health, what do you tell them? How do you think about that with them? Well, I think the first thing to really notice, which... I go to this immediately because I've always been someone that lives in my head. I don't know about you, but <laughs> super anxious my whole life. Um, didn't really understand that I wasn't my thoughts. Kind of always was more geared towards rumination, overthinking, um, having lower self-esteem comparison. And, you know, also in school and stuff, that's so common. Like we're all growing up, we're all going through things, but well, and some organizations even feed it to you, right? Like, I mean, I went to law school, they feed it to you. They compare you with every single other person and tell you that you are in fact a failure. If you're not X, Y, or Z, I see it all the time. It's like this box, right? And I think all of us like growing up to kind of figure out, okay, how can I fit into a certain box so that I'm going to be okay? Yeah. So some people it's being popular or, you know, a lot of us try to find our group. Some of us, like for me, it was getting really good grades and forming more of the friendships with like the higher performers, because that was a way, you know, I wasn't really athletic, so I could shift here and find success here. So I think it's recognizing we tend to live up here and many of us have had trauma in our lives. All of us have had some form of trauma, mm -hmm. the smallest to the biggest. So it's like we're up here processing instead of dropping into our body. And then we're not realizing <laughs> that so much, unfortunately, has settled. Have you have you ever read um, The Body Keeps the Score? Well, yes, I have. And I don't think people should read that book unless they are ready to read that book. <laughs> because it opens up, I mean, a can of worms. I'll even give you an example. I started going to acupuncture recently, which is I've gone to holistic practitioners and, and things like that, but I have been so emotional and I didn't even recognize, I'm like, where is this coming from? And I finally was like, oh my gosh, I don't even need to necessarily understand where it's coming from. It's just coming up out of my body. It was somewhere. Yes. I can remember one time, not to digress here too far, but I got, I went to acupuncture and my dear friend, like he was going through acupuncture school. So he'd be like, can you come in once a month and we'll practice on you? And there's a doctor that was like, cool, cool, whatever. So they did it. And it was right after um, I had a, a very like catastrophic level loss in my life. And I was about five months post that. 
And I thought I was dealing with it, like holding my life together just fine. And they put a bunch of, you know, needles and whatever in different stress points and places that would like help release the the heart chakra a little bit. And mm. I had these little things in my, my body. They leave the room and you're just there chilling with your thoughts. And you can't move because you're covered in needles. And I just start sobbing. I mean, uncontrollably sobbing to the point where eventually like the, the guy came back in and he was like blotting my face. He's like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, But it was wild. And that's yes. what we hold on to. And we don't even know that we're holding on to it. Right. So that's the point. Right. It's mind blowing. Because I think I'm always trying to understand things, right? So if I go into acupuncture and I get emotional, my first thought is, oh, okay, this is releasing something. What is that about? Mm -hmm. And like, I want to identify it and I want to understand it because that's my go-to. But sometimes we just have to realize that it's just energy and it could have been anything from something that happened when we were five or someone beeped at us when we were driving the other day. And you just never know. So I want to really emphasize that like, as you're embarking on this journey of figuring out your mental health, um, figuring out what support you need and all of that, like you don't need to figure it all out right away. And like, let's meet ourselves where we are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So there's, we're kind of talking now, we're moving a little bit into a, a trifecta or a triangle, if you will, like the physical is connected to the mental, the mental is connected to the spiritual, the spiritual is connected to the physical. So, you know, what you're hearing here is we take things in mentally, we process them somehow or don't physically, and then that ultimately impacts us spiritually or otherwise, right? So um, as we're thinking about this, can you talk to the level of impact that not being on you know, a good pathway, if you will, spiritually and or mentally can have on your overall performance in work, life, etc. Talk to us more about that and why it's so important. Yeah, I think that is such a good question. Because I think we become, at least this is my personal go to oftentimes, and I find it with a lot of people I work with, we go to I'm doing something wrong. There's something wrong with me that I can't show up, that I can't get out of bed, that I'm having headaches, that I'm having insomnia, that I'm having hormonal issues. There's something in broken within me because look at this other person. They're getting up at 5 a.m. and they're doing all these things. It goes back to comparison. And so the mind just forms this conclusion of like, oh, well, they can do it. I should be doing it. And if I can't do it, I'm broken. But I think the bottom line is that we haven't been listening to ourselves. We haven't been allowing ourselves to listen to our intuition, to connect to our body and whatever way that means for us. It doesn't even need to be working out. It can be absolutely anything from um, just sitting and processing emotions to journaling to going to a therapist, to getting a massage, but we've been so on autopilot and just pushing and trying to meet the expectations of everyone else that we start to struggle and we start to be so hard on ourselves because it feels like I'm doing all the things. Like I'm showing up for my work. I'm showing up for my family. I'm trying to eat healthy. And it just feels just so devastating to say, why am I not performing well? So what we really want to get down to is what 
is my body trying to tell me or if we even want to shift into the spiritual component and this is different for everyone so this can be defined as intuition this can be defined as source or universe this can be defined as connection to the earth this can be defined as angels or god or religion it but this is all about how you feel like you kind of just relate to life mm -hmm. and I think that it's about asking just kind of like what might be missing here or I'm so deeply entrenched in the mental. Am I really shifting into a different perspective of the spiritual, right? How can I open up into exploring that a little bit have I ever explored that is there some trauma around that and maybe that's not where we want to focus now but it's just really I think coming down to what's in alignment for me and it's about self-discovery and getting to know ourselves and it's not about being perfect it's not about resolving everything it's just kind of this like really interesting introspective journey of okay if I'm not performing well there's probably a lot of little things that have led up to me feeling that way. Yeah. And then how can I unpack some of those time by time? It's like an onion, you know, you're sort of peeling them back and eventually you get, you get much better at it. So let's talk about more about spirituality and how that can kind of impact us day to day. I know I'm a person who for the longest time I would see people crying and I'd start crying and I thought, Oh man, I, I called myself um, just hypersensitive mm. or hyper empathetic. And then I came to realize like, oh, shoot, I'm like actually internalizing sometimes uh, other people's junk. <laughs> and so Absolutely. let's talk about that a little bit. You know, if you have an environment that's a little challenging and someone's mm -hmm. sort of internalizing, maybe we'll call it the toxicity around them. How do you work with them or talk to them about how do you, I mean, because sometimes it's not as easy as like, I'm going to quit today. You know, like, you'll find oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, yeah, even if you feel in your heart or your gut that I need to quit, I definitely recommend you not taking any rash actions like that and like sitting and talking with someone and developing a little bit of a plan because that is going to highlight a ton of internalized anxiety if you're just thrown out there. Um, so coming back to your question around spirituality on a regular basis, but also what if we are taking in energy all the time and what do we do? So one of the things I like to do is say to myself, I am I, and you are you mm. because I'm the same way. So whether this is trauma related or also a gift, I think for me, it's a combo of both. I am very, very good at seeing everyone else's emotions at reading people at feeling their feelings. I don't really watch sad movies. <laughs> Same. I watch Pixar films that I've seen hundreds of times, so I know what's happening. And that's and even those, days. like yeah. at the beginning of Finding Nemo, why is the mom dying? Or like Bambi, that's on the do not watch list. Lion King on the do not watch list. I can't do this. Or we fast forward those parts, 100%. which is that's like a whole other. That's <laughs> like not maybe healthy, but I'm just like, hey. I have to be aware, okay, this is going to invoke sadness for me and I don't want to feel that emotion. 
maybe another time you're like, you know what? I think I need to be sad today and I need to just mm -hmm. experience something and I need to feel safe in that. But I'm always just like, I am I and you are you and kind of grounding yourself. My friend mentioned to me the other day, she's like, I just kind of envision myself as a tree. Mm. And I was like, that's so interesting. And she's like, yeah, I just envision myself as being grounded and rooted into the floor and nobody can move me. And I am just kind of here. And, and that to me was a really beautiful visualization because once we start to identify some of our trauma responses or some of our triggers and reactions, it can be, it's very difficult because we're just in this thick of emotion Right. Especially if it's a coworker or it's a boss or it's someone we interact with on a daily basis that is incredibly draining. So another tip I also like to share is if someone's just kind of rude and you know that it's it's them and, and not you insert a laugh track. Oh. If someone says something to you or someone else and they're just being absolutely ridiculous insert a laugh track in the background and just pretend you're watching a sitcom because the more we can understand that it's not us, we didn't do anything wrong. That might calm that energy a little bit. And I also want to emphasize it's a practice. Nobody learns this overnight. We're human. Nobody's ever going to not have any triggers, any emotional reactions. Emotion is normal, but you're right. Like at work, who wants to feel that way regularly? And that's when we might have to create that external shift. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I like the, you know, it's mine, it's mine, it's yours, it's yours. I say, is it mine? Like if I start to feel something and I'm just like, why am I so anxious? Why am I so stressed? Why am I mm. sad, mad, whatever? And there's no logical reason for it. The first thing I have to say is like, is it mine? And I came to realize, you know, when you've got hyper emotors is what I would call them, you know, people, you can feel their emotions through the wall next door. Um, you've got to figure out ways to kind of manage through that. I, I like the tree analogy. I am more of a bubble person. Mm, bubble of light. <laughs> I'm like, this is mine and I'm just keeping it here and you can keep your stuff over there. <laughs> yeah. So, so interesting. So let's talk about, you know, energy vampires, as I like to call them, or energy black holes. So, you know, mm -hmm. you might have people in your work environment or otherwise that are just take, take, takers of your positivity, light energy, however you want to call it. How do you think about interacting with those people? And why is it so important to interact with them in a specific way? That's such a great question. And I feel like I'm always evolving in my answer with this because I'm always trying to figure this out for myself as well. I think the first step is we always want to make an external shift. So let's say we get into a new role and we're like, oh, this coworker, I can't stand them. It's been months and I'm having this issue. Our first thought is I got to change my job. I got to get out of here. I got to make a change because we're trying to help ourselves. We're trying to find the solution. So I would encourage you to take a deep breath and be like, there's this person or people at work that I am just not jibing with. And one of the things, this is, takes a lot of self-awareness, but one of the things we can start to ask ourselves is how much of this is a mirror of me? So in this mirror theory, it is 
what is this person igniting in me? What is similar to me? What is the total opposite of me? Um, what are they showing me about myself? So maybe they're a yeller, which is not appropriate, of course, but maybe they're just like a loud person. And that is activating our inner child, our, um, that part of ourselves that remembers when someone else used to yell at us. And so it's this, okay, this is what I don't like. This is why. And gaining that knowledge. And then of course, like you said, okay, how can I get as grounded as possible? How can I start to create some boundaries? So can I start to put headphones in? Can I perhaps change my work environment? Can I have a discussion with a supervisor if it gets to that level? Um, is it important to have that discussion or is this a, just a bit more of an annoyance for me? And it's more of a lesson than I really need to stand up for myself and do something. And I think being able to talk with someone through that's really important because we're just in our own minds and our own feelings. And it's just hard to figure out what's the right solution there. Right. 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 Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay, so I know there's no hard and fast line to when someone maybe needs to make a change, but do you have any as close to black mm -hmm. line rules as you can find when you're like, hey, you need to change this? Mm. Well, I think, like I said, it takes awareness first. Um, it takes like a bit of an audit, but we know nobody's going to change until they decide they want to change. Um, you can be really inspired by a talk or by a coach or by a speaker or even this podcast, and you can feel really good and get that energy and be so excited. But if you just kind of keep defaulting back to your neural pathways of how you've always felt and how you've always thought, and you don't have that decision moment of, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I'll give you an example. I, um, I think we've all had these epiphany moments, but I went through a breakup um, and it was the last breakup before I met my husband. But in that experience, I remember having this moment of clarity, like it was almost like a little, it must've been my intuition or a guide stepping forth. And it was, I'm not doing this anymore. The next person I'm going to meet is my husband. I'm not being with anyone that does not want to be with me. And it was this like resounding decision. And I think decision, I'm getting chills as I'm saying it, it's just so powerful. And that doesn't mean you know every step of the way. And that doesn't mean you don't need help. And that doesn't mean there won't be challenges. But deciding this will not be happening moving forward and I'm going to figure it out is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I always hope that people don't get to a place where it's so bad that, you know, their physical health is on the line or, you know, anything like that before they hit that. And sometimes that you need to get there because we're so reactive, right? I know, but I, I, I often say, right, honor yourself and the universe will reward you. And so if you're getting to a place mm -hmm. where, you know, it doesn't spiritually feel right, it doesn't mentally feel right, like physically you have a pit in your stomach or you're, you're having like, you know, some sort of weird ailment or constant pain, like you really need to evaluate that and be honest with yourself because nothing changes if nothing changes. And, you know, I, having been through like severe health issues, right? Like I could only wish I would have taken steps faster 
sooner differently. And that wasn't my path. Like it is what it is, but you know, honor yourself and the universe will reward you. And I cannot tell you how honest of a statement that is. And so every time someone's like up at a crossroads in their life, it's like, that's what I tell people all the time. Honor yourself. What's the path that honors you? And I don't mean like, what's making me, you know, happy today? Do I get more money? Maybe that's a thing that drives But I mean, like your spiritual, your soul, like what makes you that happy? So overjoyed, purely, fundamentally happy and do that thing. And, and giving yourself permission because we've been taught, you can't do that. That's not going to work. Who are you to do that? Mm -hmm. Right. That's not going to pay any money. Oh, you failed at that before. And you know, what's so funny is oftentimes this is just our inner critic. It's not even necessarily someone standing in front of us. Sometimes there's a manifestation of a physical person in front of us, but it's all our own stuff a lot of the time. And it's giving yourself permission to honor yourself, like you said, and figuring out what's a small step that I can take today to honor myself. hundred percent, hundred percent. And if we all did that more frequently, I bet you um, spiritually, we'd be more aligned mentally, physically, and mentally too. Like people make a lot of choices because they're trying to bury some of the pain points of things that they have going on right so absolutely always super super interesting so um and obviously thank you for sharing that story I had a similar story to that actually um after a breakup with someone I finally just said I was going to be the crazy dog lady I was like forget (laughs) it I'm not doing this anymore but to your point like that's what I said I'm not doing this anymore I was done you know Um, but I do think it's interesting to, you know, stay along that path and let's talk about how the universe listens for a second, right? The words that we say the universe reacts to, the things that we think the universe reacts to. So when I say universe, so that we're all clear, right? Like that could mean God, that could mean whatever being you look to, but like I call it universe, right? So, um, you know, but I do think universe reacts to the things that we think and say. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the power of speaking to ourselves the way that we deserve to be spoken to. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, so I have a really good song recommendation and it is, um, it's by Andy Grammer and I think it's called say it to myself. And it makes me cry every time I listen to it, but it's all about why can't I tell myself I love myself? Why do I have to hear it from everyone else? And especially if you just kind of look in the mirror and, you know, this can get kind of intense and it's okay if you cry or it's okay if you feel super uncomfortable, but sing, just listen to that song as you're like looking in the mirror. And first of all, it's just an amazing song. But second of all, you just, the second you start to give that love to yourself that you've been looking everywhere else for, it's this moment of, even if it lasts a millisecond oh my gosh, everything's okay. Like everything's okay. I don't need to accomplish things so that I'm worthy. I don't need to act from a place of anxiety. Like I can just simply have love within myself because the universe lives within myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to remind people. So I similarly have a song that's called Who I Am by Wind Sparks. And I think for a long time, I put a lot of pressure on my past self. And I looked at my current self based upon that past self. And I didn't love my older self enough, but like, I hear that song, right. And I just, it brings me to tears because I'm like, never again, will I not fully respect myself? Will I not 
you know, honor myself, love myself. And and I think it's really hard for people to get there though. Like you have to really, there's a lot of work that goes into like truly loving yourself and, and being able and willing to make the tough decisions. Cause I mean, yeah. you talk about that inner critic. Sometimes it's the external critic too, right? They're like, who do you uh, think you are? What are you doing? You know, being too big for me. This is uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I don't know, like, or, you know, this, it's too much. You're too this, you're too that. And it's like, look, if this is too bright, put some sunglasses on and head in the other direction. Like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yes. And how long were we trying to fit into that mold? Oh. So long. So oh long. My gosh. And even still now, it just kind of comes as a default sometimes, right? Um, that is so good though. It's yeah. It's about them. It is not about you. It's about not everyone's going to like you. And that is so hard for me as a people pleaser. And that's like that, once again, that trauma response that I've kind of identified, unfortunately, not everyone is going to like you. People might listen to this podcast and be like, oh, she's not my cup of tea. And I have to be okay with that because I am loving myself and I am okay with myself. Yeah. Whether or not someone else loves you does not dictate whether you are loved, right? Like, because if you are loved, it doesn't actually matter what all of those other people say. And then if you are truly loving yourself, the decisions you're able to make for you and your relationships, your personal health, you know, your work life, exponentially different and better for you. I'd love to ask you, what is, you know, I feel like you've been on this whole health journey. What is like one thing, one tangible task that you started to do for yourself physically that started to shift things for you? What started, what did you start to do that was honoring you? Sure. So I used to pride myself in being able to work till like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, starting at like eight or nine in the morning, right? And yes, you take a break to eat some food or whatever, but like you just keep going and going. And I mean, I will tell you, if you, I'm a sled dog, sled dogs like to work. And, you know, I, I would work through blood pressure spikes. I would work through tears streaming down my face, trying to get something done. I would work through literally people screaming into the phone because they wanted something. I'd work through passive aggressive emails, you know, and you're still like just beating yourself up. But one of the things that I realized I was having a physiological response to was my blood pressure would spike so high that my cheek would get flushed, my neck would get red. And it was like the more that happened, the angrier I got and the less clear that I could think. And so now, if that happens, I said, like, I have to honor myself and take care of myself because I don't get better if I keep repeating, you know, past patterns. If I so much as get a, like, I mean, even just like a, like, hiccup, and it could be two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. My employer doesn't love to hear this, but like, it'd be two o'clock in the afternoon, and I will shut my computer and I will walk away until I am not at, like, well past that because there's a difference between feeling like, okay, it's down. Versus like, it's down enough that I can re-engage. And so I have to like stay super committed to that. But I found that when I do that, my work product is better. My thoughts are more clear. I'm less angry. I can go on and on and on. But like, to put it in perspective, I had borderline high blood pressure and heart-related issues at the age of 36 and 37 years old, okay? Now, my blood pressure numbers are like, like when I tell you like picture perfect, like what a marathon runner like has, like I went into the doctors the other day and, you know, they're, I'm like, what's my, and I always ask with my blood pressure, you know, and they're like, 
you know, 110 over 65. And I started cheering. Okay. Like I was like, that's amazing. And they're like, what is happening? Like, you're just here at the lady doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like so happy. And they're like, this is like like, for someone to be happy about. And then I explained to them why it's so important to me because times passed, it was 147 over a hundred. It was 147 over 110 to the point where one time a physician asked, she looked up and she goes, what are you on right now? Mm. like and if that doesn't tell you there was a problem right and so now I just honor myself by saying like you know what it's too much like I can't do it I can't do everything that's okay because I can't do anything if I'm not here to continue to do it right so that's what I do how about you you. oh my gosh that that was just like such an amazing example I do a couple of different things lately. I've been really focusing on hydration, walks, yoga. Yoga is my jam. Even just 10 minutes of yoga a day, my back so much, and it doesn't have to be a workout. And just like you said, though, just having the awareness to like recognize my emotional reactions, because unfortunately, sometimes you have like a deadline that you have to meet and, you know, you're just like, okay, well, I really have to get this in by five 30 today, but also putting things into perspective to be like, okay, where am I working from? Am I working from anxiety? This is going to be late. This person's going to be mad at me. Can I potentially ask for an extension? Can I have some compassion for myself? Can I, like you said, just go sit for five minutes, take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's just anything that we can start to try. And even if you have to try a couple things, it's right. Sometimes one tool isn't going to work on another day. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work all the time. Like what I said usually works, right? But sometimes I have to take it a step further. Sometimes I have to go for a walk. Sometimes I have to go outside. Sometimes I have to just get in my car and drive somewhere. You know, because that's and just you know, scream. Yeah, you know, just I scream a screaming pillow that I just scream into once a day, like they do on Always Sunny. No, I'm kidding. But I, mean, <laughs> I was gonna. I'm like, that's great if you. Right? Um, no, it's yeah. real. I mean, you've got to you've got to do the thing that works for you, and you've got to be honest about it, and and you've got to be okay with it. And and quite frankly, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, but we're in 2022. You know, unless you are working on death row, trying mm-hmm. to get someone off and you're waiting for that last call 16 minutes before, you know, the the moment, right? Like nothing is life or death. Sure, there's deadlines and we've got to work hard and we've got to like do our best to like meet the things that we commit to. Right. But like, is anyone dying or whatever? I'm not a heart surgeon. No. Like yeah. this isn't brain surgery. Like I'm not, I'm not saving a baby. Like mm. I am like me personally, like, right. I, I write paperwork. Like, and it's important to help my clients meet their deadlines, but, or, you know, whatever, or, or make investments or whatever we're doing. But like at the end of the day, if something slides by two hours, it generally it's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And I think we're also, we have to recognize too, that sometimes it feels more comfortable to feel anxious and to feel work, 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 because we've been doing that for so long, mm-hmm. but the concept of stopping or resting or pausing invokes almost like even more anxiety. So it's being kind to yourself to say, you know what, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been acting like these people are dying and I need to do this right away for a long time. And that's okay. And 
let's breathe into that and let's feel into what might be the next best step to adjust that and feel a little better and recognize it's not life or death. Right. It is not. And so if you really need to like break it down, remember that like no one's dying here, you know, like you just got to put it off to the side, take a deep breath, take a step away, do whatever it is that you need to do and then come back to it. Or if it's completely antithetical to who you are as a human being, like then you got to figure that out too. But you know, at the end of the day, that that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's, you got it's that about, right. You know, we we can't do great things if we're not here to do them. So like, don't put yourself under a stressful that'll kill you. Because yeah. chances are, if you're working for someone else, they'll replace you anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So keep that in mind too. <laughs> yep. 100%. So, all right. What are your remaining words of wisdom? If you could leave people with some nuggets here today, what do you want them to take away? What's moving you spiritually to tell them? Mm. I posted this quote on LinkedIn. It might've been yesterday, but it's along something, it's along the lines of if you allow someone else to dictate what is in alignment for you or what is of value to you you'll just be playing along with someone else's puppet strings the rest of your life and so I would just say even if it's for five minutes take some time to really feel into if you feel an alignment with your life and maybe it's just one particular area of your life and just health or it's just relationships, or it's just work or whatever. And just ask yourself, is this in true alignment with my gut, with my soul, with my intuition? And if it's not, like I said, have compassion and just celebrate the fact that you came to that conclusion And then know that there are people, there are amazing coaches, there are amazing therapists, there are amazing mentors, friends, community in this world. And if you don't have someone you think of right away, get a hold of me, who will help guide you in that process of coming back to alignment with yourself. I love it. That's what I have to say. I love it. So with that, um, Lindsay, I... Thank you for joining us today. This is so great to have you back on this episode. I think this was really important for people to hear because if this stuff is out of line, the whole the whole shebang is out of line and it's just going to get worse. So fix it now, right? So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. And for all you out there, as always, thanks for listening and don't just be bold, be bolder. <laughs> <laughs>